0: that I would queen. All right, I promise no more.
1: Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time. That's correct, it's They Might Be Giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Carrie Hearn to talk about the song Mrs. Bluebeard off of I Like Fun. I want to say I learned. Trust it carrie hi greg (laughs) i feel like uh it's weird that we haven't done an episode before because we've been talking on various social medias uh, about the pod forever yeah yeah Yeah. on twitter i mean and you've been a supporter of the pod since like pretty much the beginning
2: episode two maybe
1: yeah you've been subscribed to the patreon and and uh we've been playing, well, people have heard uh, a couple of your covers most recent, most recently, um, I left my body. They heard a few episodes mm-hmm. ago. Um, but now they're finally hearing you, uh, chatting about a song. So welcome. Thank you. I've enjoyed hearing you play my covers. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: it's, it's you been know, cool. Good. I mean, it's been cool. Cause, uh, I keep coming up with, um, or like when I'm when I'm digging for covers, I'll find like Marianne <laughs> or something. And I'm like, oh, it's, we, you know, we had her on an episode, and then here she's right. popping up like a eight year old cover she did of something else. And uh, and, uh, and it's it's and then another another friend of ours is going to come up in the covers section today. Uh, when I was digging uh-huh. for covers of uh, Bluebeard here, so yeah, well, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Because I was going
2: to mention it if you didn't, if you didn't find it, I was going
1: to bring it. Oh, oh, we're we're going to play Rachel's. I did my homework. Don't worry, I did my homework. (laughs) I knew you would because you're uh, you're an academic type like like my wife. (laughs) Well, well, you uh, you're officially a scientist now, right? I remember you making that declaration. Yeah, you
2: can you can you can state that.
1: Yeah. So, um, because it was fairly recently, you finished your PhD, right?
2: Yep, it was the spring.
1: And it's January. in, uh, explain the um, the specifics of the science. Is science, <laughs> is science real, for one? It's a
2: little technical. Um, <laughs> I study immunology in chickens, and I study virology in chickens and the interactions between the two. <laughs> chickens! All
0: right. Chicken,
2: virology, immunology. I call myself an immunologist, but not okay. like a medical immunologist.
1: Okay, okay. You can
2: also call me a poultry scientist, and uh, in mixed com- company, I just say biologist.
1: Wow, very cool. My, my sister's in science. She's a toxicologist, and tells me yeah. everything mm-hmm. that's going to kill me. So... That's fun.
2: Next one. <laughs> well, I can tell you some viruses that aren't going to kill you because you're a chicken.
1: <laughs> They're going <yeah. laughs>
2: to. I'm a chicken, Marge. I know. <laughs> as far as I know, you're not a chicken.
1: <laughs> so you're in uh, you're in Michigan, correct?
2: Yep. Yep.
1: Where in Michigan?
2: I'm, I'm in the East Lansing area,
1: which is by Michigan State. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um. So I think. Yeah, since uh, this is your first episode, we need to delve into your fandom of the band. So, Ooh. why don't you tell us all about how you got into They Might Be Giants. Let's go back.
2: Okay, so we need like the rolling back the... the- v- 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 <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I figure there could be some foley work here. Um, so,
1: <laughs> I'll see what I can find. <laughs>
2: Okay, well, I've already established that I'm a scientist, which by definition means I'm a nerd.
1: I, I, I know maybe that's a bad
2: word in the fandom, but I'm, I'm definitely a nerd. I discovered they might be giants through the Think Geek website, which is a um, company that sells products, toys, shirts, whatever, for nerds. And, oh dear, I think it was 2013... They had a nightlight that was shaped like a blue canary, Mm -hmm. and they had the most cryptic blurb about it. I had no idea (laughs) what the blurb meant. I looked at it, the the ad copy on their website, and I was stymied. (laughs) So I popped over to Google, and I punched in... Who watches over you? (laughs) Yeah. I don't even think it said make a little birdhouse in your soul. I think it just said, you know, who watches over you dot, dot, dot or something. Oh, yeah. You know, is,
0: you
2: know, won't won't be as effective as a lighthouse or something.
0: (laughs) So it took a little Googling.
2: But, you know, obviously what came up was birdhouse in your soul. And right next to it was Don't Let Start, you know, up in the, in the video links mm-hmm. at the top. I don't yeah. remember which I actually watched first because they both looked interesting. And I'm like, huh, this is something I've never heard of. But apparently it met, it's something I'm supposed to know uh-huh. because I'm a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly it's, you know, I'm supposed to have cultural awareness of this. So I watched one or the other of them and then the other of the two and was immediately a fan.
1: Nice. Yeah, so th- that's a new one, because we keep, um, you know, as I've, I've had, you know, this will probably be episode 54, and there have been some repeat guests. Right. Yeah, you actually won't have to wait that long. Uh, some people had to wait like five months for their episodes to come out, because I had such a pile-up going, but now if I've <laughs> finally mm-hmm. sorted out the edits, but yes, this will probably be episode 54, we haven't had that many, uh, as many guests as that, I don't know, maybe like 47 or something guests and, you know, tiny tunes comes up a lot, right? you know, and then the people that are slightly older than that, it'd be like 180 minutes seeing them on MTV. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. think geek, you're the first one to, to get into them through, <laughs> through that website. So, all right. <laughs>
2: yeah. And, and, and that product didn't stay on their website all that long. I think it was gone the next year. So like it had to have been, you know, for that brief period of time, they had to be there for me to find them, because oh, so,
1: I didn't hear about them. So then, twenty thirteen, join us would have oh. been the newest album. Yeah. Or what was no, the first album you- Twenty thirteen. I think it was Nanobots. Fourteen. Okay. Or maybe, maybe, maybe Nanobots is twenty fourteen. What, what was what was the first album you bought?
2: The Idol Wild compilation. <laughs>
1: Well, that that makes sense for for a new fan <laughs> to get a comp, and they have many many comps. Yep i
2: I think I had by then I had listened to probably the first four albums or so on YouTube, and was you know they were in rotation in what I listened to, but I had never like bought anything. I hadn't committed right. to that level, right, right. And then I was wandering through a Barnes and Noble, and they had, you know. Like, tiny little section of They Might Be Giants was like two kids albums and the Idlewild comp and I'm like okay. Right. I think it was right before some long trip that I was planning on driving in my car and I was like I only had a CD player I didn't have. Yeah. Like an aux cable or something. So I was like
1: needed some tunes. I need a book
2: on tape or you know I need a, a, an audio book and maybe an album you know something to keep my mind awake for 14 mm-hmm. hours or some stupid number of hours. And I yeah, listened to yeah, that yeah, you're, you're like right
1: over that and over. Nanobots came out March 5th, so yeah, that was early enough in 2013. That probably was pretty much the brand new album when you uh, got in. Yeah,
2: that. and I don't think I listened to it or anything off of it until the next year. I didn't know about it. Because mm-hmm. at that point, I knew that they existed in the 80s. I don't think I even realized that they were still releasing music, is, Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> wild. Um, I knew I liked... The early albums. Uh-huh. I think I kind of fell in love with the pink album first, weirdly. Sure. And then somewhere, oh boy, maybe end of 2013, I discovered the video for You're on Fire.
1: Mhm.
2: Uh-huh. Somehow linked one. to it, and then I'm like, "Wait, wait, they have new music?" There's there's other music that they're you know.
1: That's a good one. <laughs> uh, uh, Lauren, how I
2: realized,
1: Lauren Lapkus is the comedian yes, in that I one. Yeah, I think so. Dancing yeah. around with the the talking food.
2: <laughs> I was like, you know, I was really thrilled to realize that they weren't just a band that had released some albums prior to 1990, you know, 1990 or prior. Yeah. And yeah. that they were still putting out good music. I was like,
1: oh, oh, well, then okay, I guess I have to buy all their albums, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. And Idle Doing Wild, that. the Idle the Wild one was just newer stuff because it's from their stuff, yeah. collecting stuff just yeah. from their record label. So, yeah, so you were hearing pretty new stuff right yeah. away, but that's cool that you like the pink elm. I think the pink elm could, if that's the first thing that people hear, that could maybe you know make or break a fan because that is uh, right, uh, probably <laughs> the, t- the toughest one to or the most confusing i think for someone who's unfamiliar with the band you know to listen to first i hate
2: to use the word dated because you know that sounds like a pejorative and i don't mean it that way Mm -hmm. but it's kind of the most temporally locatable like you hear it and you're like okay this is you know the mid-1980s yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i liked and i still like
1: yeah Oh yeah, that,
2: that worked for me.
1: Yeah, I love the Pink Album. Um, my love sister, not so
2: much. She no? she <laughs> has never been able to get into the Pink Album. And she's a fan. And I've dragged her into fandom
1: of They Might Be yes. Giants. But Good for you.
2: <laughs> she still doesn't... She can't wrap her head around the Pink Album.
1: Yeah. Or maybe I like half of the Pink scared. Album. I mean, does she or like yeah, the, the poppy ones? I mean, who doesn't like She's Native? Well,
2: yeah. I think... Actually, that's... Oh boy, that is... Maybe her favorite, her second favorite song. So I, I, yeah, I'm probably half the Pinko. Mm-hmm, I think you know the, the crazier flan stuff goes oof, right <laughs> through her head and makes a little nuts. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, what kind of, well, uh, what kind of music were you into before them? Then, like, what, what's your other favorite stuff?
2: Well, uh, classical which is probably right. surprising.
1: Um,
2: and that's actually still true. If I'm if I'm not listening to They Might Be Giants, I'm likely listening to something classical. Well, um, well. There's a handful of bands or groups that I have sort of selected out of what I heard other people listening to and said, ah, oh, this is something that I particularly like myself. Um, I just bought... A Shin's album that I should have owned. <clears throat> mm. Excuse me, I should have owned a long time ago.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Good call. Good call. Wincing
2: the night away. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the Shin. That's yeah. Um, I listened to a lot. Well, I should say I listened to other people cover. Well, I should even qualify that. I listened to my dad play a lot of folk music. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> as as. as you know growing up so i was i grew up familiar with the songs of james taylor the indigo girls um <laughs> probably joni mitchell um sure. people of that era
1: and that ilk, do you have a favorite therefore i know a lot of those songs. do you have a favorite classical composer could you pick yes
2: um bach bach okay the, the, yeah. you you can't he's not you can't top him <laughs> I haven't heard anybody succeed well, I'll tell you me. you know,
1: coming you know being the scientist that you are, he was very scientific in crafting his songs, they're very um yes, very meticulously put together, yes, so, and you're a, a multi instrumentalist, what was your first your first <laughs> instrument? oh, don't laugh at that, you know you're <laughs>
2: I'm gonna laugh at that because I've only been a multi instrumentalist for three years, yeah. Uh, I guess four now. Um, and they might be giants are responsible for the fact that I picked up the guitar. Um, violin was my first mm-hmm. instrument, which I started in eighth grade.
1: Were you a Suzuki kid?
2: And I've played ever since. I was a Suzuki kid. Yeah,
1: My sister was too. My sister played cello.
2: Not like a Suzuki and Suzuki only kid. Mm-hmm because my teacher back then also did um fiddle music or she taught fiddle music so it was like half suzuki and half easy fiddle music
1: nice so you're doing the slides up bringing in and in, the double stops
2: yeah <laughs> uh uh-huh. oh man i i still have nightmares about double stops now yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i taught, i taught orchestra i taught orchestra for 6 years now this was 6th grade or beginning orchestra but there was one year uh-huh. and it and it was kind of you know in the area where not a whole lot of families could afford to have their kids in band or orchestra, so my my groups were usually fairly small, and there was one year that I had just a, just mm-hmm. a few girls who got so good by the end of the year I started introducing some fiddle stuff to them, and that was it was a lot of fun
2: it's fun you know it, it quickly it quickly starts picking up techniques that are like a little further than your average classical
1: violinist mm, mm-hmm. wants
2: to reach for but you're <laughs> <Did, and laughs> beginning
1: classical violin. Right. And did you play <laughs> um like in orchestra even like in undergrad and stuff?
2: Um actually no. So I played I played in orchestra in eighth grade, which was funny. Um because <laughs> I was the absolute beginner. So I was in the third violin section and I had to play 64 measures of rest in <laughs> oh, what was it? uh spring but with all these spring there was a 64 measure rest somewhere in, there. Uh, <laughs> in the third section. and then i i did not not and now i hate spring <laughs> 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 to this day <laughs> i did not play an orchestra in either high school or undergrad i took lessons through high school hmm undergrad I dropped lessons and I just did jam sessions with my friends like I am doing science I do not have time for unfortunately for official musical activities mm-hmm. uh, except when I was in choir um, <laughs> but we you know get together with our various instruments A few guitars and finally yeah. and cool. just jam nice so that was fun and it you know, kept my technique a little bit. Um, And then as soon as I finished undergrad and went to veterinary school, which I suppose I might as well qualify, I did. um, I immediately, so I've, you know, I've just started a program where I'm doing like 20 credits, 25 credits a semester. (laughs) And I thought, hmm, I should start taking violin lessons again. (laughs) Yeah, you, got, like you gotta have
1: something magical. else to do right <laughs> you
2: really you really do you know, and the the harder your educational goals, the more you have to carve out some kind of creative time um so I started taking lessons um and then my teacher had a chamber group, a little chamber orchestra, which was all just like absolute beginners. And except me, I wasn't an absolute beginner, I was only moderately beginner. <laughs> and so I joined that and I've actually stuck with that group for a decade. Oh cool. And over time we've gotten significantly better. We aren't playing this semester because we didn't have enough enrollment because it's officially a class. And oh. I was like enrolling it every every semester. But cool. Cool. So yeah. But like now we can play, you know, we can play Bach, which is cool, because at first we couldn't, you know. We play the easiest, simplified arrangement of some Corelli piece. And- sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast yet, but I, I think you'd like to know that I was in an accordion ensemble uh, when I lived in really? in Bloomington, Indiana. And our, because um, I took some accordion lessons in my late 20s when I finally got a piano accordion. Mm-hmm. And that um my teacher, she was from Bulgaria. And when she started this group, she did not want to... She refused playing polkas because she didn't want us to get typecast. <laughs> no No uh-huh. polkas. So we were doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, we were doing like old standards, like Moon River and stuff like that. But we were also yeah. doing... Parts, you know, we were also doing classical music, and we did some Bach with, so imagine Bach with six accordions. Oh,
2: that's cool. <laughs> uh-huh. Now I can imagine. That would be pretty
1: fun. It's just very But, thick. I mean,
2: anytime you get to play Bach, it's pretty fun, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds <laughs> cool. I think so. It cool. <laughs> so then... You, oh, I bet it did. Yeah, so then you were talking about how uh, They Might Be Giants that are responsible for you picking up other instruments, and I'm I'm trying to remember what other, what song I played to yours... What video I played years way Rhythm back.
0: Section
1: one. R- yeah, the, yeah, I think that was the one where like in the in the, in the description, you're like, I just started playing guitar. So this is my something. first song. Yeah, today. yeah, <laughs> that had some quick changes, if I recall.
2: Yeah, I mean, I played it kind of slow, but yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's more than three chords, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. you know took a little study, right?
1: So so did you really <laughs> you memorize more than 3 chords? Did you really just pick up guitar just so you could start have something to sing along to while you're uh, uh Yes. They might be giants. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I suppose I had I wasn't I I wasn't a complete complete novice at guitar at that point because when I was in high school, I figured out that you could play virtually any song in the key of D with three chords. So I knew those three chords. Mm-hmm. Sure. My sister picked up guitar and I thought, Hmm, I don't want to have to learn all these chords, but it would be kind of interesting. It would kind of be useful to be able to play some songs and it would be helpful for her. Cause she's just picking it up. If I could teach her how to fit other songs to a set of three chords, you know, like one key, cause it doesn't really matter as long as you, you know, have a key, you could play it and you can play anything. Right, right? You get a capo. So I figured out, yeah, Especially if you get a cable. Yeah. So I figured out the chords for the key of D, and I still knew those, you know, in 2015 mm-hmm. when I yeah. said, you know what, I have to be able to play these songs. I love them so much, and <laughs> there's got to be an instrument that I can, because you cannot, you can't play the violin and sing, you know, you, you just can't.
1: Yeah, yeah. A, <laughs> you, got your your job really is kind miss. of... Uh, in it's yeah. not
2: an accompanying instrument mm-hmm.
1: for, <laughs> unless you really go fiddle style and put it in the crook of your elbow
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like go no. hillbilly
1: hillbilly style
2: <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah so i had that little so i had that little classical guitar that had been lying around my house for a long time it was actually my sister's first guitar and before that it was my dad's first guitar and before that it was his mom's first guitar and I said hmm I suppose I should learn on this guitar so,
1: so I, family and you know, family instrument started
2: picking up some songs and almost all of them were they might be giant songs and there was actually a James Taylor song that I wanted to learn so I learned that and there was a Shin song that I wanted to learn so I learned that
1: but nice. yeah it like
2: it just like opens up the world of being able to do cover songs
1: you know so then, what about uh, piano, keyboards, and such?
2: Um, Mrs. Bluebeard is completely responsible for my learning any keyboard whatsoever. Okay,
1: well, we will be hearing that <laughs> later.
2: <laughs> so now it's, you know exactly how long I've played any keyboard whatsoever.
1: <laughs> I think it's a fairly ambitious starting point, personally.
2: <laughs> yes, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, you know, it's if you if you know how. Chords work, and you know enough about music. It doesn't really matter what instrument you're trying to figure out the motions on. You're just teaching yourself Mm -hmm. muscle memory at that point,
1: right? Right. So yeah. So I think that makes uh, for a good segue uh, to talk about why you picked the song "Mrs. Bluebeard."
2: Well, um, I suppose I picked the song because I had. Studied it fairly hard when I wrote a keyboard score for
0: it.
2: <laughs> I probably thought about, you know, the mechanics of that song, musically speaking, more than any of the other ones.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Because
2: yeah. I had to go note by note, you know, chord by chord. Right.
1: Well, let's, um, you know what, let's go ahead and play your, um, yeah, let's play the, the scored out one. We'll play your, your your singing cover later at the proper cover section. But let's go ahead okay. and play your, um, I don't know, what what would you call it? A mid-scored um, midi? What, did you, what program did I you program I call use? it a
2: midi remix, but um, I use MuseScore, which it's a notation program.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then
2: you hit play, or you hit export as a whatever file type you want. Mm-hmm.
1: And your YouTube channel is, what is it? Cat
2: 2520. Yeah. yeah, you should probably point out that that's with a K because people will probably try to search for it with a C Correct. and don't come up with anything.
1: Cat with a K, 2520. Miss Bluebeard, MIDI remix. If I was just going to play a section of this, is there a particular section you'd want me to play? Should I start at the beginning or? Um,
2: from the second half, actually, because the beginning has a fairly long intro that's mm-hmm. not. That's interesting.
1: All right, well let's check this out. We'll hop in the middle of the song here. Well, what 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 drew you to to score it out in the first place? Because, I mean...
2: The fact that I didn't know how to play the piano. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I have to find out what all the notes are so that I can memorize, you know, the chords on the piano, which I don't know how to play. <laughs> so I had to score it as music, and then I had to learn each chord, and each chord change, you know, uh-huh. change by change, <laughs> teach my fingers what to do on the piano, because... You know, before that, the most I knew was Chopsticks, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, that's quite a jump. So I had to listen. You know, it was a bit of a jump. I had to listen to the song practically chord by chord or, you know, like listen through a bit of it, try to figure out what had just happened Mm -hmm. in in which instrumental part because there's more than just the keyboard going on. And then score out just the keyboard notes. That was what I did at first. And I was like, you know, this sounds kind of good. It sounds better played by my computer than it will ever sound played by my fingers. (laughs) (laughs) So I should probably add some other
1: instruments to
2: this. (laughs) There's no way to make the keyboard, you know, saying or, you know, the computer sings. So I'll just have to make it an interesting instrumental
1: though. <laughs> so if there was some sort of like robotic vocal, that would be pretty hilarious.
2: <laughs> that would be kind of interesting. I don't know if it would, I don't know if it would work for me here musically, but
1: yeah. So then hearing that version with the, uh, cause we're going to be talking a lot about the lyrics. Um, but that hearing that version without the lyrics in it, what, let's talk about the musical elements of the song what do you find most interesting about uh the music what you know, i mean if we could talk more maybe more, get back to the original that they might be giants version um what what draws you to right. the song just strictly musically taking the lyrics away
2: um it was well it was the keyboard rhythm probably that was that sort of latin rhythm and it's the same thing as in world's address which is like another really top favorite of mine yeah it's just a really satisfying rhythm.
1: Yeah, it's like... um I want to learn to play that one, too. Cuban, maybe, is what I think maybe. of.
2: Maybe,
1: yeah. 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 Yeah, so one thing that I've thought, yeah, when I... Because I don't know if that really occurred to me right off the bat, but I was reading there was a quote from Linnell where he talks about being, you know, it, it having kind of a Latin feel to it. Like, yeah, I guess... So, but the call it a silly Latin rhythm silly Latin rhythm, one. yeah. The but the rest of yeah, the yeah. band really doesn't play up that very much. Like I think they really could have made oh, it. Oh no, um, I I think it could have kind of been cool as a very Latin cover, like get some guiro and shakers and some extra percussion in there, uh-huh. and and right, 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 yeah, because right. um, I, I think the the rest of the instruments kind of mask the the Latin feel to me. Whereas like World's Address plays it up a little more.
2: A little bit more, yeah, yeah. But even that one, I mean, it's it's still very much a piano line, you know.
1: Yeah, this song is it's, very, it's, it's very, very much piano in the forefront. I mean, the, the keyboard in the mix is, it's like, overtakes everything. It is way up in the mix. Right, right. <laughs> and there's very little guitar in this song. And I... Oh, I don't even...
2: Well, yeah, okay.
1: Very little. Like, it comes in yeah, prominently no, with the... No. Whir, 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 <laughs> that part.
2: Uh-huh, but yeah, then yeah, yeah.
1: It, Which I had to score, you know, Yeah. so I got familiar with that. Mm-hmm. And if the wiki is correct, uh, Dan Miller does not play on the track. Really? The only guitar that's in there so that's, is Flans. That's all Mr.
2: Flansburg. Yeah.
1: Yes. Because yeah. you do get a little bit of guitar overlaying the main groove in the very very last verse chorus but but other than that it mm-hmm. really just kind of pops up for those little parts which is pretty cool right. and it,
2: and in my in- instrumental version you'll notice that that's like the melody or treated like the melody line because there's no vocal right and i did not include the vocal melody until the very end like just to remind you guys hey actually this is what the song the melody of the song is <laughs> <laughs> but i kind of Found I I found the guitar line as interesting melodically, you know, as the as the vocal mm-hmm. line.
1: So. Yeah, and th- this is one thing that uh, keeps coming up for me that that I've really began to appreciate about, especially modern. They might be giants, is that they're always looking at what um, what best serves the song as far as the arrangement goes, and they don't feel mm-hmm. the need to like pile everybody on in every second of the song um, just so right. that everyone's yeah. playing something.
2: It's not just a well of noise. It's right.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I've found, I've even started to find somewhere like, I remember when I, when, when Avery and I talked about sleep, like Flansburg isn't even on that track, which is crazy because, mm-hmm. you know, it's the duo, you know, right. the main duo and one of them's not even on the song, but I guess like, so yeah, it's just like, well, I'm a guitar player, I'm going to play something. Uh but they that's yeah. that's no, not how they no, approach they're, it.
2: No, they they're that's not their craft. Their craft is how can we make the best possible song? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think a
2: lot of the time they achieve. It, but, you
1: know. Yeah. That's uh it's it, it's it's really something that as this core, you know, five of them, you know, they've I mean that group, you know, people are still like, "Oh, Marty's the new guy," but it's been like 19 years. <laughs> That right, you know right, this right. group has gelled to that point where it's like yeah it's for the you know they're they're for, they're playing for the song and if they don't need to play something they're not going to play, so that's uh that's mm-hmm. yeah, it's that's cool you know putting ego aside or whatever you know it's all for the song. Yeah. So,
2: and I would like to bring and since uh-huh. we were talking about melody and and you know the presence of melodic lines in multiple instruments. I'd sort of like to bring back my appreciation for Bach and compare here. Okay. And I I actually the same part of my brain that likes Bach is the part that likes John Linnell's music writing. Uh-huh. Because all so many of his instrumental lines and vocal lines are independently melodic.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I,
2: I don't know if you've noticed that, but you notice that even in this, you know, particular song. He doesn't waste any instrumental motion.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, one thing that I was noticing how the um I don't know if you call this the chorus or the pre chorus, the where the vocals just kind of descend the keyboards mm-hmm. are going up. While the vocals are going down, so you've got this kind of contrary uh contrary motion mm-hmm. going on, which is something mm-hmm. that I mean when I took music theory, you talk about that like if you got one instrument going up, the other one goes down you, gotta, you know right right yeah right.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah what <laughs> <laughs> this is where we're going to you know descend the music theory discussion
1: <laughs> oh no we've we've had a good response to uh rachel jones and i talking about music theory we've had some people uh say that they uh find that kind of stuff interesting oh, good. okay
2: yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> what um so yeah you've mapped this all out what key is this song in
2: uh a minor
1: a minor mm-hmm Good piano key. So so you had that going for you when you were learning it straight right. up on the keyboard, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: no, it was pretty comfortable. Yeah,
1: stick to those white keys. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: wait, no, no. No? It, it can't have been A minor because I played a lot of black keys in that song. No, no, um, another one that I've been working on or that I worked on since then was A minor. Uh, well, there's
1: also, I mean, throw in some accidentals and stuff yeah, like that. It looks like there's G sharp in there. I just clicked over to the uh, yeah. Tab. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, I don't remember what key it's in.
1: Yeah, Linnell likes writing songs that are really hard for guitars, so maybe that's why. I like, oh, we're just gonna sit this one out.
2: <laughs> I still feel like it was a minor. It just had a lot of accidentals. Yeah, on it maybe.
1: yeah, I, I, I think, I think that's that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um.
2: Since then, I've also learned to play in the key of E.
1: <laughs> See, now that's I that's a good key then for guitarists. Like if you want to jam with your dad, you know that's a good guitar key. Right,
2: so, right, right. And then you could play,
1: you know, <laughs> keyboards line with that. So <laughs> mm-hmm. nice, nice.
2: So I've worked up to two keys on on keyboard now. <laughs> I can play in two keys.
1: <laughs> but your favorite key on, on guitar is D. So I mean, maybe you should get some.
2: Not anymore. No,
1: okay. All right.
2: It was when I was in high school. Yeah,
1: sure, sure, sure.
2: And I only wanted to know three chords. I only wanted to know three chords.
1: (laughs) Well, the way I originally learned guitar was in drop D tuning. Are you familiar with this?
2: Conceptually, yes.
1: (laughs) You just tune the low string E down to a D, and then you can just fret across the the fourth mm-hmm. fifth and sixth string and just use one finger just on the fret and just play power chords like that <laughs> that's how i cheated through guitar for for a couple of years when, <laughs> I still, a when i was yeah, still when i was still primarily yeah. trombone and, and drums yeah i didn't learn real chords uh-huh. real chords till college <laughs> okay.
2: i don't i've never really understood what everybody's complaint. okay, since since two thousand and fifteen when I picked guitar up for real, I I don't really understand everybody's complaints about chords and this is probably because I'm left handed but play right handed. It's so easy to fret. It's all this strumming stuff that's hard, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you got your dominant hand on the on the frets. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Um and
2: I have my violin teachers to thank for, you know, Forcing me to fret with my left hand. And, they will not teach left-handed people the opposite way.
1: And and your fingers were already strengthened from that too. So going over to guitar. Right. That
2: was like natural.
1: Yeah. Especially if you're playing a nylon string guitar. It'd be like, ah, this feels so comfy.
2: It's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So nice and soft. <laughs> While all other guitarists are like, oh, my fingers. <laughs> right. And then I
2: bought a... a strat this past year that is not a nylon string and
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. those high strings pointing. I'm
2: having to actually use ca have calluses to play it, but mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, should we get into uh the whole bluebeard the whole bluebeard thing. Yes. So yeah. yeah, I was reading up on this too. It sounds like you uh were Really delving in here. Do you do you want to lay out? I the, fell down uh, so many
2: rabbit holes on this.
1: The, do you want to do you want to lay out the uh, at least like the basic story for everybody? Oh, uh,
2: sorry. Okay. Do you want me to do it like just tell the story? Do you want me to do like the drunk history style version?
1: <laughs> if if you could get puppets involved, you know, just for me, no one else can see it. But I, I like to have puppets. The air, yeah. puppets.
0: right?
1: <laughs> However okay, you want to so... tell it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think drunk history is more the in the style of this podcast. though it's more caffeinated (laughs) history really
2: (laughs) the caffeinated history yeah um so the earliest version that i found was the charles perot version from 16 the 1650s i think i'm I'm gonna have forgotten all the dates by now but you can correct first published in 1697 Um, oh okay well later than i thought And it was a it was a very straightforward version compared to everything else I read. Um, The hero of the story, if you will, (laughs) Um, I'm I'm gonna (laughs) back away from that statement. Mr. Bluebeard, Uh (laughs) not Mrs. Bluebeard, but Mr. Bluebeard (laughs) lived. uh, He lived in the country. He was a nobleman in France. France and he had a shockingly blue beard and therefore was kind of scary <laughs> and, and I guess intimidated women. Um, <laughs> and, oh boy, I hope I'm not going to mix the Anatoly Francis version in here. Cause that would be confusing. Um, he met a woman with two daughters. Um, I really feel like I might be mixing versions up here. Um, well, like well, when, the, when the story starts, isn't already them.
1: told that he, he's been married a, a few oh, times? You're right. He's
2: been married an, some number of times. I don't think we're told in this version how many at first, but anyway, um, nobody knows what happened to to them. And so that's, you know, even more disturbing to <laughs> the ladies. <laughs> um, he, I think he persuaded, oh, I really am mixing this with the Anatoly Francis version. Um, I think he invited them to his house and through some parties or something. And, The youngest daughter decided maybe he wasn't so bad after all and agreed to marry him. And then they went to his home.
1: His palace.
2: Oh, he must have been in the city or in town or something. They went to his palace in the countryside. And then he... Said, I have to go away on a long trip. But here's the keys to all the rooms in the house, and you can have your friends over. <laughs> <Or just laughs> a little condescending, but okay. <laughs> you can have your friends over. <laughs> Invite your family, whatever, man. Um, and I'll be back in like six weeks. But I have some business, so just, you know, chill out, have fun. I'll be back.
1: But yes, one, one so he just one disclaimer, right? What? He has one disclaimer what? though, right? She can go in any well, of the rooms. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> I'm skipping like the really important part. <laughs> <laughs> she can go in, there. there's, I don't know, like five or six keys or something. She can go in any room except the, the little cupboard or the little closet, the small room that has the smallest key on the key ring. And that she is forbidden to go in. And he doesn't tell her why. And then he leaves. And she goes ahead and has all her friends and family over and throws some parties. And all her friends want to see everything in her house, like you do, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Give give, give me a tour. What's in that (laughs) room? (laughs) And so they they go room by room, and, and Perot makes a reasonable deal about you know, how all, the, does all this fancy stuff in all these rooms and, you know, lots of pretty furniture and golden jewels and stuff. And everybody's kind of wants to know what's in the last room, but she really wants to know what's <laughs> in the last room.
1: <laughs> how could you not? The forbidden room.
2: Right. The forbidden room. Yeah. <laughs> So she sneaks into the forbidden room and opens you know opens it up with a little tiny key and here's all these dead wives hanging on hooks
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> on the walls and the floor is coated in blood. Okay. <laughs> she and she drops the key, has a little freak out. <laughs> like
1: As is one to do. Yes. yes. <laughs>
2: like, you do, (laughs) picks the key back up, runs out, locks the door, goes back to her room and tries to wash the blood off the key because when she dropped the key, it got blood on it and she cannot get the blood off. And Perot makes a point that it's a magic key, which I don't know why, you know, he had to really say that he could have just said. It's it stained, and you can't get it unstained. <laughs> but, ooh, it's a magic key. <laughs> Uncleanable key. <laughs> uh, yes, it's 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 a magic key, uh, and she can't get the blood off. And then her husband come, or you know, Bluebeard comes back that night, and she still, of course, hasn't gotten the blood off the key. And he says, "Hey, can I have my keys back?" <laughs> and she's all like here here's your key <laughs> and he's like well what about the what about the little one uh it should be on the key ring still <laughs> she's like oh what key <laughs> I was like the little one it's <laughs> like oh oh that key oh that key so she goes and gets it and you know she gives it to him it's like well there's blood on it how did that happen <laughs> like, dude you know how that happened <laughs> So then, you know, he's he obviously figures out what happened or immediately knows. And he's like, well, okay, then you're going to have to die. Like all the other women that I married before who are hanging on the hooks in my <laughs> secret <laughs> closet. Um, and she says, okay, kill me if you must, but I need to go say my prayers first. And she goes up in the tower where... And this was confusing in the parole version because there was no mention of the tower specifically up to this point, Mm -hmm. as I recall. My sister, you know, her sister is up in the tower. Actually, he wasn't terribly clear about where her sister was either. Just somehow she was able to speak with her. And she asks her, are my brothers coming? Which... Also fell out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> I had some issues with the Perot version. It's a fairy tale. <laughs> it is a fairy tale. I just felt like there were plot holes, man. <laughs> Grim did a better job than filling the plot holes. And her sister, whose name is Anna, and somehow everybody has agreed on that for centuries, <clears throat> said, No, no, all I see is, is you know, the, the sun coming up or whatever. And she's like, Okay, well, I'm just gonna keep saying my prayers. And Bluebeard's like, "Hey, are you done yet?" (laughs) (laughs) She's like, "No, not quite. I'm just, I just have to finish ten ten more minutes." She's like, "You know, to her sister, is is are my brothers on their way yet?" She's like, "No, I just see a little bit of dust on the horizon. I don't see your your our brothers yet." Um, And Bluebeard, you know, calls up again. She puts him off a little bit longer. She's like, "No, no, I'm gonna come down in a minute." And two or three more times go by, and she's like, "Hey, are my brothers here?" And it's like, "Oh yes, I." The, the cloud of dust is, you know, it's actually your brothers are on their way here. She's like, okay, I'm gonna go down and meet my fate. And so she's she she goes down the tower, you know, downstairs to see her husband who has a sword, and he like grabs her by the hair, and he's about to cut her head off or kill her or something. And her brothers show up, who happen to be soldiers. One is like a dragoon and the other is a musketeer. And they kill Bluebeard, and everything wraps up really fast mm-hmm. with her inheriting his wealth, um, the sisters getting married off, the brothers getting, like, commissions higher up in the army, and everyone lives happily ever after. And I don't think there was any... Sort of dealing with the fact that the cupboard's still are full of dead bodies. <laughs> 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 so that was the throne version, which
1: just leave that door closed. You know, <laughs> right? Just it's fine. We just
2: paint over that, <laughs> 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 and and that was that. But that's you know how you end a fairy tale. Everyone lives happily ever after.
1: So there, there was a there's a version, of a better version, you say.
2: Well, the Grimm's version is basically the same story, except that he fills in the little gaps like, oh, yes, there's a tower. Oh, yes, her sister came with. Oh, yes, her brothers are actually supposed to show up, so you don't get the stuff sprung on you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, like, story-wise, it's the same. I don't remember noticing any major difference. I did find um, a related story. From I think it was from Germany rather than France, in which rather than have her sister conveniently there, she has three doves hmm. that she can like release they are like homing pigeons, and she sends them home to let her family know she 's in trouble, hmm. so I kind of like that one hmm. and one of it was called the White Dove, one of them was a white dove, and it didn 't go home. it just stood on the top and Watched for the other one. Hmm. So, like, it, it, it told her. Also, in that version, I think she had to, like, go. She wasn't going up to say her prayers. She was going up to put on her wedding dress because apparently that's what you die in. <laughs> 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 so, there are, like, some delightfully morbid aspects to that one. It, show, too. <laughs> it shows
1: the blood real nice.
2: <laughs> it does. Yeah. It shows the blood real good. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the Anatoly Francis version, if I'm remembering his name right. That one was written in the early 1900s, and it flips everything on its axis. So did you read that one? No. No. Okay, it's called The Seven Wives of Bluebeard. It was a short story. Mm. And it was really an apology for, uh, for Bluebeard. Or, like, I mean that in the literary sense, not, like, him apologizing. It was like, right. this is why Bluebeard was not a bad guy. Hmm. Which is interesting, huh. <laughs> but I feel like we should talk about the music video for the song before we get to that version.
1: Yeah, I because mean, I think
2: the music video
1: came from that version, right? Right, and so, and then so there's the uh, putting the lyrics of the song against the music video seems that I there seems issues? to be some confusion there.
2: Yes, yeah, so I have issues with that, and um, we can you know. Go into that.
1: Well, what should we talk about first? Like? The lyrics or the music? Video?
2: Well, let's talk about what Linnell said. The lyrics actually meant. We should compare and contrast, right? Sure. Um, Lanel said that this was the story of, you know, the original fairy tale of a, of a woman who. A guy who has seven dead wives and you know, mm-hmm. murders his wives, and then the music video interprets it as if the song is being sung by a Mr. Bluebeard to a Mrs. Bluebeard, mm-hmm. which m- maybe they did that because it's being sung by a man and therefore mm. it just made more sense in their heads. Right. I had issues with it. I had issues with it until I read the Anatoly Francis version. Then I went, okay, there's historical precedent to writing it this way.
1: Right. So here, so in the music video, it's that, I mean, you see the husband that's just been killed with an ax through his head. And then right. there's Mrs. Bluebeard who's yawning at the funeral <laughs> and then right, and right, all right, these right. other ghosts around. So the ghosts would be the other dead husbands then. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yes. And
2: I will admit the ghosts were adorable. They were. So Well, I, Even, I had issues with flipping the story because Linal said it was about, you know, bluebirds, dead wife. I had to
1: like the ghosts; they were really cute. I know, even when they do their scary thing at the end, they're still cute. Mm-hmm, yeah. Still cute. <laughs> <laughs> they're,
0: they're cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So, so yeah. Okay. The faces they make. So, so yeah. The, so the song lyrics um, are sung from the point of view of her being already dead.
2: Yes. So very clearly.
1: Yes. And and right off the bat. <clears throat> Linnell sings My Murdered Remains, which uh, th- this is off I Like Fun and not My Murdered Remains. Mm-hmm. But apparently mm-hmm. My Murdered Remains was the working title for <laughs> I Like Fun, which then they later used for. I, it, and I think I think My Murdered yeah. Remains does make more sense uh, where it ended up uh, because it is like collecting all the rest of the dial song stuff that wasn't really yeah, in on I yeah, Like Fun.
2: that was a good use of that phrase Yes, was
1: a pretty good choice but that is a super line alas my murdered remains are incapable of learning anything,
2: of learning anything. <laughs> right 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 <laughs> and we all hope that we're capable of still learning things as long as we're alive but yeah you know once you're dead you're dead what are
1: you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so we've got uh, sh- i never should have trusted you um but then <laughs> she says What's the use? I'm not not complaining. (laughs)
2: I'm not anything. I'm not anything. That's sort of like the wham line in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Is this what's supposed to happen when you're only trying to do right in this wicked world? And then we did did not talk about this in the musical section, but I think my favorite musical note in the whole song is the ping right after the <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: wicked world.
2: Ping. Well, if we're going to talk favorite <laughs> musical notes, it's that little downward arpeggio, but da, uh, da,
1: da, da. <laughs> okay, sure.
2: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's just satisfying to play. We but <laughs> <laughs> but have to get the timing right. And if you're not a pianist, it's you know, challenging, but it's very satisfying when it happens.
1: <laughs> mm, definitely. Definitely. Uh, so what's with the line? Um, probably I should graciously accept what I get. Ooh, yeah. She's saying she deserves this. That Well, if you read
2: the pro version of the story, it has a freaking moral at the end, which basically says curiosity killed the cat um, <laughs> it, it
1: <laughs> or killed the woman. Those, those women, they're just, you, they just if, need to mind their own business. Right. Yes, it's
2: essentially if you go snooping into things that aren't your business, bad stuff's gonna happen, man. That's what it says. And I'm like
1: eh. Yeah. It's like in the lineage of uh old Adam and Eve, you
2: yeah. Know? Yeah. Eve had yeah. to eat
1: that apple.
2: Pandora's box also. Uh huh. You crack that open, you gotta deal with what comes out. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. So that's that's something. That's uh that's some old, yeah. old school some old school storytelling right there. <laughs>
0: Well,
2: and so it's actually really contextually interesting to me that that song came out in 2018, which was like right in the middle of the Me Too movement. Mm. And that's another reason why I sort of had issues with the music video, because, you know, we know a little bit of the the political viewpoints of the members of our band. Um, Mm. We know that they're both reasonably liberal mm-hmm. people and I thought it was really cool you know to have a song that like directly addressed some of those issues you know and be be sung by a guy but be from the perspective of the woman like mm-hmm. you know I I can actually understand why this stuff is problematic you know so so, I really appreciated that song mm-hmm. in its historical context. And then the video flipped it on its side. And I was
0: like, "Huh? Eh, yeah. Okay." <laughs> what? Let <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> me like if you did like, "How Can I Sing Like a Girl" and had it, you know, be all girls singing like guys or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. Strange, but
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah the the guys win in the end on the video, which is uh. Yeah, like what?
2: Uh, like, you know, okay, you
1: know. So they're already dead. I too, I so. that's true. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs>
2: there there's
1: there's there's more great lines in the lyrics though. The
2: uh <laughs> Most... Did you look up the the kid, the, the hang in there baby poster cuz I did.
1: Yeah, you know, I well, for one thing I just didn't understand that lyric, but then once I saw it, I'm like, "Oh, it's the it's a, like a cat hanging from a branch."
0: Uh-huh. And you're saying, hang in there, yeah. baby, you know.
1: <laughs> there's a, a poster released
2: in the 1970s that presumably presumably probably was familiar to Mr. Linnell.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, reminds <laughs> Not me... familiar
2: to our generation, but... <laughs> uh, it, it
1: again reminds me of The Simpsons because there's, there's one line where yeah, Marge... Um, oh, I can't remember what the main plot of the episode is, but marge has that poster and she's like yeah she's trying to you know get herself out of the you know out of the dumps and she's like hang in there baby you you got a kitty and then she sees like the copyright date at the corner of the poster and it's like 1969 <laughs> oh that cat is long dead
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: but but yeah i like the uh the the modernizing the modernizing of the story through that and then uh warning signs, death metal albums. Death and, metal
2: albums, right, right.
1: And the death metal albums going along with the hang in <laughs> there, baby poster. That... <laughs> Those well, two
2: things. You just a picture yeah. what, you know, yeah. what he's doing in his little <laughs> closet.
1: <laughs> hang in there, baby. Yeah. To literally. Death metal and
2: slashing. <laughs> no.
1: and, and he's literally hanging yeah, them right, up.
2: Right. And hanging them up. Hang in and, there, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> No, but I, I like that poster. And the poster yeah. is really cute, too. So.
1: <laughs> it's a cute cat. I guess I haven't looked up the original. Yeah, it's... hang in there, baby. I just knew it was a cat hanging there, but I don't know if I saw the what the original.
2: It was a little was. Siamese. Oh, Cute little Siamese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I read the Wikipedia page about the cat poster because I was curious. This is one of the rabbit holes I went down, <laughs> and apparently he t- the the photographer took flack for having positioned his cat in a way that was probably uncomfortable, and then he had to explain to people, "No, no, I'm a cat photographer. My cat did this, and I happened to catch the shot." Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: The PETA people got it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like, like yeah like yeah, a, there was a
2: whole book of pictures of this cat doing stuff like that yeah. And then the, this particular photo was oh cats get well, themselves into made
1: a cats get themselves into weird situations all the time yeah, yeah.
2: But, we have four so i'm familiar with this mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yes now nowadays my cat mostly is getting herself backed into corners when my dog is going Berserk. That's that's mainly the problems we have to get her out of these days.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Goddamn dog. But we blame the dog for that, of course. Um so then Yeah, so then okay, is there anything else about the music video you want to talk about then? So so the the, well, the ghosts are cute, but from, we Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Can I tell a story from the I wanna get his name right. I think it was Anatoly. uh, Anatoly France, okay, who was French, Um, (laughs) for whatever that's worth. (laughs) And since I have this thing up about it, he wrote it in uh, 1903, okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I sort of think that maybe he was channeling some personal grievances because this little history that I read about him said that he had had like multiple affairs and multiple marriages and divorces and mm. clearly had like been through a bunch of traumatic relationships mm-hmm. so so when he wrote his version he explained at the beginning of the story and this was like a short story he explained at the beginning that there was Nothing particularly scary about Bluebeard. He didn't have a blue beard. He had. He, he was shy. That was the thing that was that was off-putting about him was that he was very very shy. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> the word that comes to mind here is incel, but okay. So <laughs> clearly he's not because he has <laughs> wife after wife after wife. Right. Yeah. And then Anatoly France goes through the story of all of his seven wives, one at a time. And the first one, let's see, the first one was I have it up here so I can like go through them one by one. Whew. The first one, so he so he's a nobleman still, so he hasn't changed that. Um he doesn't have a particularly fancy palace or anything. He just has, like, a nice house. Um, with well, some decent stuff in it. Well, I guess it's still a castle, but he's he sort of tries to emphasize that he, like, doesn't live, you know, with in, in the, the... He doesn't live at court mm-hmm. with all of the other noblemen. He just has, you know, a nice place in the country. So... Clearly, he's a little better for that. Um, he's got a regular like McMansion. His, his, yeah, a regular McMansion. This is during the um, reign of King Louis XIV, I think, supposedly, uh, where there was a little bit of excess going on among noblemen. Mm-hmm. Um, his first wife was... She was just a country woman... Like, not a normal woman, just like a country girl. And she, oh, this is a funny one, too. She had been a bear trainer. <laughs> <What? Okay. laughs> and, <you're> like, what? <laughs> and it was Colette. And she had been a bear trainer. And she had traveled around the country making small amounts of money with her dancing bear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did she settle down with Blueberry? She should have brought the bear with her to protect herself.
2: Right. Well, no, I mean, (laughs) she did bring the bear with her. The bear lived in the basement, and she got all sad because she couldn't travel the country with her bear because she was a respectable nobleman's wife now. And... (laughs) The you know she finally just took the bear and left, and she went through the little cabinet. They called it the cabinet of the unfortunate princesses. Mm. She went through the little door in the back of the cabinet with her bear and left. So she's gone. So first, Mrs. Bluebird is not dead. Okay, she's just out traveling the country yes. with her bear. <laughs> <laughs> And I think we should point out here that therefore Mr. Mr. Bluebeard Bluebeard is still married to her. (laughs) Uh (laughs) He doesn't deal with that fact. That sort of bothers me, but okay. Um, So he's all sad about it, but then he sees the daughter of the local police chief, and she's cute, and um, he marries her. Almost like, just like, a couple months later or something. He marries her, and she likes to drink. Mm. She gets drunk all the time, and let's see. This was a nice line. Um, He set himself with as much firmness as patience to cure his wife of such a disgusting vice with prayers, uh, remonstrances, supplications, and threats. He employed every possible means. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and he got rid of the wine in his cellar, and so she just went out and got drunk everywhere. Um, and then he tried to he he tried to put her off her wine by putting Valerian root in it. Somehow that was going to help. She mm. thought he was trying to poison her, and she stabbed him.
0: <laughs>
2: but he got he survived. Okay, and then she oh so the the reason his his room is called the Uncab- the cabinet of the unfortunate princesses mm-hmm. is that it's got these paintings on it of Greek like I suppose I wouldn't say goddesses because none of them were actually but but uh, women from Greek mythology who died horribly mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> um's <laughs> got Dursay or Durs, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name, um, who was mean to her niece and got strapped to a bowl and gored to death. Um, Niobe, who was proud and uh, because of her pride, some great god killed her children, I forget which one. Mm. Um, And then Procris, who thought her husband, Cephalus, was cheating on her, um, followed him into the forest thinking he was trying to meet some chick and got (laughs) killed when he was hunting
1: deer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So it's like all these women are like little
1: (laughs) stories about... Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Bad things women did. <laughs>
1: wow, like sort of... wow! So, so the short story goes <laughs> so he, into all that too. All that's in the yeah. In the he's cabinet. got this
2: like he's got mm. this little point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the next wife, she goes into the room. She's really drunk, and she sees the, the pictures on the wall. Thinks that they're dead bodies, or that the real, mm. you know, murdered people, and goes mad. Runs outside and drowns in a pool oh. in a pond. <laughs> so that one died. <laughs> This is like a really detailed story. Yeah. That one died. Um, the next one was a poor girl and not a very good looking girl, but he married her anyway. How nice of him! Yeah. That. What
1: a good guy. Uh, <laughs> See, he's a good guy. He's not so bad. He's just a little shy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she liked all his fancy stuff, but wanted more fancy stuff she thought well we're noble people so we should be at court doing all the things that the noble people do and why aren't you you know going to king louis the 14th court and taking me with you and buying me more clothes yeah. and, um she pined to pined from vexation and contracted jaundice and died <laughs> <sighs> and then the next one i forget if we're on four i think we're on four she um oh she she, she cheated on him with like lots and lots of different people, including in the little room with the paintings of the murdered Greek woman. Um and one of her lovers caught one of her other lovers in with her in that room and killed her.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Another dead one. So
2: so you can imagine Bluebird's a little messed up by now <laughs> by all of this. <laughs> <laughs> but he 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 marries again. Um, the next wife was just like really foolish. Um, some she 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 would listen to anything anybody told her, and he like tried to coach her so that she wouldn't be so stupid. But she was just stupid. <laughs> did not cure her stupidity. Um, Finally, he had to tell the simple creature that she was a goose and to box her ears. That one was nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> This was the beginning of his reputation for cruelty, which was fated not to be diminished. Okay, There's some florid prose in this story. Um, and then uh, a, a monk who was wandering through told her that an angel was waiting in the forest to give her pearl garters um and she just she followed him and disappeared all right (laughs) so that was special um let's see there's a couple more here Uh, then the last let's see oh and then we get to the story that matches perot's story so we've we've killed or lost all of these women. Only one only two of them actually died. One of them died in the room, the one with the lover who killed the other lover. Mm-hmm. One of them freaked out in the room and then ran out and drowned. All the other ones are just like died through normal means or left him.
1: Right. Yes, he hasn't right. killed any of them.
2: He hasn't killed anyone. He's a good guy. Shy guy. <laughs> And then we get to basically the same story except that the woman who had the two daughters is a widow who has lost all her money and trying to find somebody rich to marry her daughters to. Mm -hmm. And she's borrowed a bunch of fine clothing from some financiers, if you will, Mm -hmm. and basically tempts Bluebeard with his daughters you know she's trying to get his attention Mm -hmm. like hey look you know see my beautiful daughters and so finally he he um throws a party just like in the original story um he's convinced you know that he should be nice to these girls and thinks that they're both fairly pretty and so yeah maybe okay maybe he'd marry one of them um they come to his house, bringing their mother a bunch of other friends, and a young man who's like a member of their party the young senior um the Chevalier de Merluz gonna murder the French pronunciation here um who always seems to be hitting on the young girl mm-hmm. who is of course the one that Bluebeard. Finally decides he likes best,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Yeah. Um, they tell him that this young guy is like their foster brother, so okay. like you don't have to worry about him. He's 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 family. Um, but clearly the uh, the girl that he's. Jeannie, Jean, the girl that he's decided on is kind of, always spending spend the time with this kid. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I wonder why mm-hmm. something's up.
2: Something's up. Yeah. Something's up. So he finally marries at the end of the big party. He, which like goes on for a couple of weeks or whatever. He, he marries the girl, the, the chevalier um, stays at the house. All this, you know, is not going in a good direction. Um, and then he's he's off on his journey his you know six month or six week journey whatever to do his do some business gives her the the keys, says, you know all of these are for you. you can look in any of them except the little- the little cabinet because <laughs> bad stuff happens in the little cabinet, and it' would make me really happy if you just don't go in there right." <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) You just should probably not go in there because every time one of my wives has gone in there, something bad's happened. (laughs) Yeah, and he he doesn't tell her you can't. He says, you know, everything in the house is yours. You can go in there if you want, but I really think you should take my advice and not go in.
1: (laughs) The odds are against you if you go in there.
2: Right, the odds are against you. Either you're going to go nuts and drown yourself, or you're you know, going to get murdered by a lover who finds another one. Um, so, of course, she has to see what's inside. Or maybe she already knows. I'm not even sure if she... Knows. Um, yeah, he says it was correct that she really wanted to see inside. Okay, she wanted to see inside, but the reason she wanted to see inside was the sh- the chevalier, who was her her lover, was <laughs> waiting for her in there.
1: <laughs> yep. There you
2: go. <laughs> Not dealing with the fact that has she already been in there? She knows if if she knows he's going to be in there, she probably. Been, has been in this room <laughs> probably. probably. Yeah. Anyway, so he comes home because his business wrapped up early. Um, just goes. Oh, let's see. No, I'm skipping something important here. <sighs> she. Oh, he does this whole long thing about the key wasn't was the key could have been supernatural, but the blood was just. Because she failed to wash the key, <laughs> or no, not even that. That it, it it just reflected the roses of the dawn because it was shiny. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. So he's, he he hand waves the whole magic key thing completely. It's like hmm. it's not a magic. It, maybe it's a magic key, but it doesn't matter because it wasn't bloody. Just magically shiny it just magically shiny. And he noticed that she'd been in the cabinet because it was shinier than it had been because she'd used it in the lock. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> All right.
2: Right. You know, my keys like, just you keep, keep getting shinier really, and shinier. <laughs> I really hope nothing bad happens. He literally, he's like, I hope nothing bad happens to us because he went in there because every time anybody goes in there, something bad happens and I'm, you know, kind of super, superstitious about this cabinet. And, and She, she yells out to her family and the Chevalier, help, help, he's killing me. And they descend upon him and murder him. (laughs) Well. (laughs) So, like, she's, she's decided to, to murder him when he comes home. Or have the, her family murder him mm-hmm. when he comes home, and that's how he dies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mister Bluebeard.
2: <laughs> I'm not even sure that he ever figured out that she, you know, been in there in the cabinet with her lover, or if he just said, "Hey, what, what." Why were you in there when I asked you not to? And then she had him murdered. Like, done. Mm. <laughs> and then that's it. Well. <laughs> so we're supposed to feel sorry for him because he married all these terrible women. and then just
0: <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Hmm.
2: So, yeah, I thought that was well written. And it, and it backgrounded the video for Mrs. Bluebeard a little better because, you know, at least there's precedent for... The particular story that they were telling.
1: Yeah, yeah, still, still a little different. I mean, I'm.
2: It's still definitely different. There's no yeah. ghost husbands floating around, but right, right, adorable ghost husbands.
1: Wow, interesting. Hmm. All right. Wow. Okay. So, uh, we are. Yeah, we we got. we probably out that. of
2: time because I told the whole story. Yeah, no,
1: no, that's <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, is there anything else about the song we should talk about before we get to the covers section? Well we got covers.
2: I have gone through so many cool rabbit holes thinking about this song. So Linnell mentioned in the same interview that I mentioned before that this song had or the story had been told or you know used in other musical genres in Mm -hmm. the past. He mentioned opera. So I looked up what I could find, and I found a Broadway musical from 1923. It was kind of a different story, but it was, you know, based lightly on the story of Bluebeard. Mm-hmm. Um, the original, and I found yeah. the Bartok opera. Yeah, I mean, it was a complete retelling. It was, um, it was sort of a, a Menage a troy situation. Mm-hmm. With three people that are all like interested in each other and somebody's married to more than one person and just like a comedy, but it's nineteen twenty three, so what do you expect? And then it was made in it was remade as a silent film and wow. like twice. So it, it had a little bit of history. And it had a song by George Gershwin in it. Oh wow. If that matters to you. Sure. Um which I looked up. So that was kinda cool. And then I also found the Bartok opera mm-hmm. and reminded myself that I really don't like Bartok. <laughs> 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 I got through about the first 17, 20 minutes of it before I couldn't take any more. Uh,
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So not recommended. Not, that version not recommended. It was
2: in Hungarian. But actually, the interesting thing was that the translated lyrics were really quite interesting. Hmm. Like I liked I liked the story, the poetry of the story as it made it in English. I have no idea, you know, if it was as poetic or more so in the original Hungarian. Um, but the story was quite beautifully told. I just wish it had been, you know, put to music that I can stomach as <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoy modern music, and by which I mean, you know, in the classical vein. I can enjoy modern music from some composers, but Bartok is not one of them. (laughs) So so that was that was interesting, but like it was it was very um, it was a very visual story. It wasn't like, and here's what happened to all, all these. Women are, you know, mm-hmm. there's this long story. It was just like two people. I think it was, it was written, the opera was written just for the two people to sing, just Bluebeard and his wife. And they're like at his home and it's all like... Sort of metaphorical stuff about how his previous wives were the the dawn and the day and the twilight and then the night or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was quite quite beautiful. Hmm. If only it had been put to music that I also found beautiful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd be interested to know what uh versions Linnell is the most familiar with.
2: Yeah, I wondered that too. When you especially that, you know, since he mentioned opera, I wondered if he can stand bar talk.
1: <laughs> I also saw in the uh, yeah,
2: he's got a, 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 a better ear for modern music than I do.
1: I also saw in the long list of variations listed on the Wikipedia page for Bluebeard that um, Margaret Atwood has a short story called Bluebeard's Egg. I didn't really look into it any more really? than that, but Margaret Atwood, everyone, I mean, especially now that yeah, well, he's, right, she's now. had handmade sailing to do a TV show. Um, but yeah, she's, she's great. I actually saw her, uh, speak here at, uh, Purdue not long ago. And she was surprisingly hilarious for how, uh, dour most of her writing Uh is. But so I will admit,
2: I actually haven't read her yet, but I plan to when I'm not buried under scientific papers. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Sure. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I, I think we should get going into the covers, covers. And okay. I, I, we got to kick it off with yours. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's the, uh, you singing along with, uh, and playing the keyboard all at the same time, like Mr. John Linnell would do <laughs> and it's pretty great.
2: I should have never trusted you In fact I never did, what's the use? I'm not complaining, I'm not anything Is this what's supposed to
0: happen when you're only trying to write in this wicked world? Probably I should already know this, probably I should graciously accept what I get
2: Well,
1: I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> no, I like it. I I, I, lo- I love the style that your your voice brings to it too. Because especially, you know, now that you know everybody knows that, um, you know, classical music is your jam. Your vocal style brings a little bit of a classical element into uh, a pop song.
0: Yeah,
1: and I dig it. Cool. Yeah. That's- Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I
2: don't know what else to say. Yeah. Well, I will admit to have been singing in choirs since I was knee high to a grasshopper. So Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's such a Midwest thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess it is. I'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Uh, (laughs) So let's get on to uh, uh, an arrangement by a friend of ours. Uh, Ms. Rachel Jones uh, in mm-hmm. the St. Louis area currently uh, in school for musicology. Uh, she is a bass clarinetist by trade. Bass clarinet being the mm-hmm. focus, not clarinet, but bass clarinet. She has done yeah. an arrangement uh, for two clarinets and two bass clarinets. And it is pretty awesome. And so I'm going to play a little bit of that. this is again, I mean, it's a, it's a MIDI version. I'm sure if she, mm-hmm. you know, that would be cool if she, she could wrangle up some, uh, did,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. If she could wrangle up some and Edison and, and do this that thing for real, neat. that would yeah. be super sweet, but it's still really cool to hear like this. So, and so you've listened to it. Uh, what, what do you think yeah. of Rachel's yeah. arrangement there?
2: It's a little wild in the voice leading at first. And it, 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 it takes, it takes like a, chorus before I understood why
0: Mm.
2: like the the I don't know the higher notes the high the higher instruments are not playing the melody line at first and Mm -hmm. it sort of freaks my brain out but then (laughs) when she adds in the other parts you're like oh that's why (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's it's pretty nifty I think
1: yeah it's great um and plus she's a bass clarinetist, so it's like, oh, it's higher instruments, screw them, they get the fun stuff all the
2: time. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. <You know>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh and yeah, so I think you can find that just it looks like is Rachel Jones just her YouTube name? Oh. I mean, that's all I'm seeing right here. Yeah. Well yeah. So mm. yeah, go find that. Rachel yeah. Rachel Jones, Miss Bluebeard. If you search that, you'll find it. Uh it's yeah. Good stuff. Now, did did you search for other covers? I'm wondering. I just I just have two more. Um,
2: there was let's see. There's a there's a guy who does the bass covers. I think he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was oh, there was a video, but I don't think it had an audio cover. I think it was just a it was a video to the original song. Did
1: um, uh, new video song. Well, I'm wondering if you saw. This one. I'm just sending you a link over Messenger. Sarah okay. Sarah Hubbard yeah. did a, a pretty extravagant music video to it, but it's also a kind of uh it's string based and I'm not sure if I it could be real strings or just really good MIDI strings, but it's it's a pretty cool um arrangement as well. It's a little Oh yeah, oh yeah, it, yeah.
2: I did I did find that one um not this last time I was looking through, but
1: I, I saw it before. Yeah. So let's listen to a little bit of that, Sarah Hubbard.
0: I want to say I learned something valuable today. Unless my murdered remains, I'm incapable of learning anything. Trusted you. I should have never trusted you. In fact, I never did. What's the use? I'm not complaining. I'm not anything. Is this what's supposed to happen when you're only trying to do right and they treat you well? put I up for review. And I can only hope most people are nothing like you.
1: And she posted this right around Halloween last year. So it's kind of a Halloween inspired spooky video for yeah. for what yeah, is a pretty was, spooky story it was, so It, it was fits. kind of perfect. Yeah, it fits.
2: Yeah.
1: And then I found It, it was really perfect for Halloween. Let's see. So this one is Molly Bacham. Bacham? And this is a lady. Yes, Molly has uh overdubbed herself doing vocals, harp, and a hammered dulcimer.
0: I want to say I learned something valuable remains are incapable of learning anything trusted you i should have never trusted you in fact i never did what's the use i'm not complaining i'm not anything Is this what's supposed to happen when you're only trying to do right in this wicked world? Probably I should already know this, probably I should graciously accept what I get.
1: It's pretty cool. Like uh, she takes like. it a little slower, um, and it's got—I mean—the well, harp definitely gives Hammer's it.
2: Elthimer,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean the harp is definitely the the main thing, but it gives it this very a more kind of gentle feeling. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dug that one. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. So I I think this song definitely um, probably fits among fan favorites from I Like Fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's the vibe i get and let me see on the uh on the wiki it is ranked at 44 out of 910 songs so it is yeah pretty dang high for a newer song and an average rating of 9.02 so that brings us to the point in the show where you need to score this song out of 10 with decimals what are you going to score, Mrs. Can I crank it up to 11? (laughs) It goes to 11. Any song
2: that convinces me to learn a new musical instrument (laughs) scores above a 10. (laughs) So I'm giving it an 11.
1: Okay. I'm going to allow this. (laughs) All right. So let me think. I'm going to have to be a little bit more conservative with this one. And I'm going to look at what... What I've scored some stuff off of. I like fun. Let me see. I did okay. Um, um. By the time you get this, I gave this seven point two. That seems pretty low at this point. Um,
2: that does seem low. Well.
1: I, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to leave some headroom, you know. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> I left my body. I gave a seven. Um, and are those the only ones I've done? I mean, this one, I'd have to say that it ranks higher than both of those. So I'm going to go, you know, and, and with all the delving into the stories and stuff we did, I think there's there's a lot to this song. And obviously, with the length of this episode, there's a lot of meat here. So I think, <laughs> I think I'm think i going to go eight, straight up eight Okay, for my okay. score. Yeah. So is there anything else you'd want to plug? We've already said you're... YouTube is cat with a K two five two zero. Is there any other places you'd like to direct the listeners to, to, to check you out? No,
2: that's, that's where I'm putting relevant stuff right now. This is kind of an ongoing project, so you can expect at least a couple more songs in the next
1: couple of months. Sweet. And do you want people to find you on social media or anything like that?
2: Leave, I think the one is who... me alone <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> people probably people, people would yeah people would see us mixing it up on on Twitter and they they'd find yeah, you that find way, me. so if they're really curious so um yeah that was that was awesome i'm uh, it's it's been a while since. An episode go to this length, and I think it's about time we gave the listeners a good ninety-minute episode. Is. yeah, <laughs> no, it's awesome. Yeah, this—I uh, mean, the historical stuff. It and and it's also harder with these newer songs because there aren't like a bunch of old demos and old, you know, different live versions and stuff yes. like that. Yeah, so there's there's not as much to chew on there. I'll tell you, you, you academics, you do your homework. No matter, uh, do my research. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so thanks for being on. That was super fun. Yeah. And I think we Mm -hmm. should have you pick another song to do down the road. What do you think? Ooh,
2: I think, I think I would. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, cool. So we will call it a wrap there and see you later, Carrie. See you later, Greg. Please follow us on Twitter at this might be a pod. Facebook.com slash this might be a podcast. Email me at this might be a pod at gmail. And leave me some voicemails at 224 801 2930 If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us wherever you're listening. And if you really like it, you could head over to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast to donate to the show and get some uh, bonus content. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.